0: The following podcast is a work of fiction. All characters are the creation of Peter Williams. Any resemblance to someone living or dead is purely coincidental. Thank you.
1: Welcome, children, to what shall be known from now on as... Tentacle Tuesday, <laughs> I am your host, Lord Piotra. Tonight, I have the honor, the horror of introducing you to Detective Warren Stevens versus the cult of Ikiatsu. But before we begin, I suggest turning off all the lights, lighting some candles, maybe a fire... And grabbing some popcorn as we wander through the mist, the veil of reality, into the darkness. This podcast does contain images of graphic violence and child endangerment, and may not be suitable for children under the age of 13. Of course, if you'd like, you could offer them to Ikiatsu as a sacrifice. <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe. Please, if you enjoy this podcast, I ask that you subscribe. It'll make it much easier to continue to bring this story to you in the future. Now for our story. Chapter 1. The Birthday Party.
0: Michael Thomas was very excited. His parents had never permitted him a birthday party, and he never had a friend over his house. His hands trembled a little at the thought as he wrote out a single invitation to his party. His house. How would his friend react to it? I mean, it was very unique. He would call it weird, but his parents would frown and give him a hard time. Unique. It was definitely that. Built in the late 1700s, and made mostly of stone. It was cold and draughty, but he still loved it, especially the large fireplace. On a winter's night or during the darkest solstice, a roaring fire always made his heart swell with delight and pride. He knew none of his classmates had something so splendid. "'You're lucky,' his sister Wendy spoke as she watched him draw out the homemade invitation. I've asked mom and dad to allow me to have a sleepover with my girlfriends, but they keep saying that sleepovers are the creations of the norms and are not for proper little girls. Michael smiled. He knew she was right, and he was always jealous of how easily she made friends. He had a lot more of his parents' refined features, and children teased him and said that he looked more like a vampire than a boy. Only Alex treated him nicely. He looked at the invitation. He had drawn a picture of the massive fireplace, But instead of a roaring fire, he had simply wrote, Please come to my twelfth birthday party. It will be on next Saturday, October 30th at 8 p.m. The night before his second favorite day of the year, All Hallows' Eve. What do you think, he showed Wendy the drawing. She took it from his hands and oohed and aahed over it. Michael was an excellent artist. It's amazing. I wish I could draw like that. Then she frowned and grabbed a pencil off his desk and quickly drew something on the mantle. A lone tentacle with five eyes. Wendy, he protested, give it back! You forgot the drawer Ikyatsu, she said. He would feel left out and, well, Mom and Dad might get mad too. She handed him back the invitation. I know, he said, but I don't want Alex to think we're weird. Wendy looked at her black dress and her pale skin and then her brother's elongated features. Face it, brother. We are weird. The next morning, Michael sprung from under his covers and quickly ready for school. This had been such a transformative year for him and Wendy. First, they had been allowed to attend a public school for the first time instead of being homeschooled by Mom. Mom had said she wanted them to get a better understanding of the norms so that they could interact with them easier when they got older. Then, he met Alex. She made his heart beat fast just by looking at her, and she didn't seem to mind his pale skin like the others. Not once did she call him Vamps or Dracula. He hated the other kids in his class. He dreamt of the day Ikyatsu would come and devour them. He saw Alex. She wore a Mets baseball cap and a pink jacket and dark pants. The My Little Pony backpack seemed to stare at him in amusement as he raced to catch up to her before they got to class. Alex, he huffed and puffed as he extended out the neatly folded invitation. Alex stopped momentarily and looked down at the folded letter. Nervously, she took it. She liked Michael, but she hoped it wasn't a love letter or anything like that. What's this? she calmly asked as she opened it. Wow, Michael, you drew all this? Michael nodded feverishly, grinning with excitement. Can you come? Please, please, he asked in a begging manner. Alex was a little uncomfortable, but then nodded. Sure, but I'll need to ask my mom. Michael nearly crushed her with an impromptu hug. Thank you! I promise it will be fun! Michael said, nearly jumping up and down with excitement. Alex sighed. Michael was a little weird, and her girlfriends teased her all the time about being in love with him. And she did like him, but she really didn't want to go to that house. The thought of it made her blood run cold. The stories of undead creatures and ghosts roam in the hallways. Maybe, maybe she could make an excuse. She looked at Michael. His eyes were full of delight as he smiled. Alex sighed. She would go. She couldn't hurt him. He was really nice, and she didn't want to hurt his feelings. The night of the party fast approached and Michael readied the main room for his guest. He spent days drawing pictures for the party and hung them everywhere. He hadn't seen much of his parents during the day, but as his party neared he saw them helping getting some snacks ready for him and his little friend. His sister Wendy stayed clear for the most part, and finally after lighting a fire he flopped back onto the couch with a huff. It had been exhausting work, but it was worth it. In the other room his mom and father chatted. "'Are you sure this will work?' the husband asked. "'I'm sure it will. I mean, they're the same age.' "'I don't know, honey.' "'I'm nervous.' Maybe it would be better to let him have Michael. We could have another kid. She shot him a look. I love that boy. I have sacrificed too much to him already. I am not sacrificing my son too. Besides, the room's dark and he's just a hungry beast. He'll never know the difference. Henry nodded. He dared not defy his wife. He knew the consequences of that all too well. He looked at the scorch marks that ran up and down his arm. Yes, it was better this way. This Alex boy would mysteriously disappear, and they would be able to keep their beloved Michael. Everyone's head turned as they heard a quiet and unsure knocking at the door. Michael leapt up out of his seat and ran to answer. It was Alex. It had to be. He opened up the door and there she was in her favorite Mets cap. She was wearing a heavy sweater and blue jeans. Her green eyes flashed back and forth nervously, as if expecting something to jump out of the shadows. She awkwardly held forth a present wrapped in black and purple paper. Within an instant, his parents were behind him. Like tall, stalking creatures they stood, shadow-like in the massive doorway. Alex looked up at them nervously. "'Oh, hello. You must be Michael's little friend. Please, come in.' Mrs. Thomas said as she motioned with her long, bony arms and fingers for Alex to come in. Alex shuddered a little. Her arms were spider-like. Gulping, she stepped into the stone house. Behind her, she didn't notice Mrs. Thomas measuring her with a gleeful smile. Mrs. Thomas looked over at her husband. He was paler than normal. The spineless fool. Whatever. It didn't matter. Alex matched Michael almost to a T. In a few more hours, he would be safe, and this human would be among the missing. Alex's eyes opened wide as she got the sense that she stepped into the distant past. She was met with a large circular foyer, illuminated by an iron chandelier. Dark blue and red tapestries hung from the ceiling, with the imagery of strange beasts twisting themselves around the sun, moon, and earth. She wondered... Were they devouring them? An etching of the solar system stretched out, cut into the stone floor with a runic writing. Beyond it were three stone archways that swirled with the miasmic darkness. You must be nuts going there, she could hear her girlfriend saying. That house is filled with doomed spirits and undead creatures. She looked around quickly. There was no one. Just Michael his parents, and a strange girl peering from behind a black monolithic stone tentacle. It seemed alive somehow, and she began to back away as her fight-or-flight response seemed to kick in. Then, as if magically, an orange glow poured from the largest of the three archways, and Michael grabbed her hand firmly, his eyes again filled with the same joy and intensity that she had seen on the day he had invited her to his party. Come on! He said, "'You have to see this!' Within seconds, she had already forgotten the statue. The living room was massive. Cast-iron lanterns hung from chains along the walls, and even a large chandelier swayed gently in the ebb and flow of the heat that swirled up to the ceiling. She couldn't see the ceiling. She could almost imagine that the chandelier hung from the moon or a star itself. But this, this wasn't what Michael so desperately wanted her to see." The rear wall. Was it on fire? No, it was a wall of fire. Etched stone, cut and hewn, formed around a massive wall of fire. It was incredible. As good as Michael's drawing had been, it had not done it justice. The words, wow, and oh my god, had barely escaped her lips when she could hear Michael proclaiming its grandeur. Amazing, right? My great-great-great-great-grandfather built it. I think you missed a couple of great-greats, his sister Wendy chimed in. Yeah, I know, but I don't think it will matter, Wendy scoffed. It always matters. Michael shook his head. She's just jealous because... Michael, his mother called from behind him. They emerged from the shadows like phantoms. Don't tease your sister. Michael looked down at his feet and then over at Wendy. I'm sorry. He was met with a "hm" as she turned and walked away, disappearing into the shadows. Mr. Thomas followed behind his wife, carrying a pizza and some cups. I, uh, hope you like pizza. He sounded nervous, almost uncomfortable. He placed it on a stone table in the center of three semicircular couches and proceeded to pour them both some drink. Thank you. I love pizza. Wow, pizza! Dad, you're the best! Michael had admittedly been nervous about what his parents had planned to do for snacks for the party. Alex relaxed and settled in. Michael talked endlessly about the fireplace and the great parties they had on winter solstice. You don't celebrate Christmas? Alex asked. No way. I don't want anything from that lame god. His voice trailed away, realizing he might be upsetting Alex. Sorry. It's okay. I just never met anyone who celebrates the solstice. It sounds like fun. Oh, it is. Hey, maybe this year you can come over. She looked at him and frowned. I don't think my mom would like that. Alex was trying to find the right words. They were Christians, and well, it wouldn't suit her mom to do something like celebrate solstice. Hell, she had trouble getting her to allow her to go trick-or-treating. Oh, Michael said. I understand. He was clearly disappointed, and a sense of awkwardness enveloped the room. Oh, your birthday present. I completely forgot. Alex stretched out her hands and gave Michael the black and purple-covered gift. I thought a Halloween-themed paper would be cooler. Michael's eyes shined brilliantly in the firelight. He almost trembled as he took the package from her. He had never received a gift. Thank you, he said softly. He was almost afraid to open it. The wrapping paper's smooth texture and its hard-cut corners around the box seemed to be a gift itself. It's beautiful. Open it, silly. He fumbled for a moment and laughed. Right. Sorry. I just love how it looks. Alex blushed a little as he meticulously unwrapped the present. Soon, he was holding a strange blue box with a little man standing next to it, holding a blinking device. He turned it upside down and spun it around, and it suddenly started making a whirring noise, at which he nearly dropped it in amazement. Wow! It's really cool! And almost with a pain look, he asked, What is it? Alex laughed. It's a TARDIS! You know, from Doctor Who! Then, to her amazement, she realized that he had no clue what she was talking about. She thought for sure that Michael, of all people, would be a science fiction geek. He was always drawing crazy monsters, destroying cities, and eating people. They were weird. But he was such a good artist, and she really liked them. That awkward feeling came across them again, and she began to explain who he was and how the TARDIS took him across time and space. Wow! That is neat, he replied. The god Ikyatsu can do that too. Ikyatsu? Alex asked. He was just about to tell her all about Ikyatsu when her parents appeared behind him. Michael, Master Rune came by earlier, and he also left you a gift. Michael's eyes widened with astonishment. Two gifts in one day. He really felt special. Turning 12 was the best thing he could have ever hoped for. Master Rune? Really? he chirped. ''Who's that?'' Alex asked. ''He's the chief priest at our temple.'' Michael was thrilled as his parents handed him a tablet-sized gift. He unwrapped it and stared at the craftsmanship that had gone into it. Hard copper handles around a black stone. He ran his fingers over it and letters appeared in a misty reflection on the tablet. ''It's beautiful.'' His voice sounded distant and his mother and father smiled as their son got acquainted with his gift. He ran his fingers over the stone again. It felt alive as words appeared and fell away. They seemed to correspond with his emotions and the room seemed to be stretching out. Everything was beginning to feel warm, distant somehow. Michael! 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 He could hear someone calling. He snapped out of his daze. His dad stood over him. Michael blinked, trying to refocus his eyes. We thought we lost you for a second. Alex looked concerned, sitting on the couch across from him. She smiled as he sat up. Sorry, he said sheepishly. I guess I must be tired. It's okay, Alex replied. A clock chimed in the background, and she listened to it as it counted off the hours. It was ten. It was getting late, and she knew she would need to leave soon. Michael? Yes, Mom. It's getting late. Why don't you show Alex your present, and Dad and I will get your cake. I'm sure Alex needs to go home soon. Michael looked disdainfully at them. He didn't want to let go of the tablet. It felt so good. Michael, she said again, much sterner. He knew what that meant, and reluctantly he passed Alex's treasure. Oh, no, it's okay. But Michael thrust the tablet into her hands. His face looked distant somehow. Pained. The tablet felt warm. She couldn't help but run her hands along it. Somehow it seemed to be pulling her in as she stared at the black surface. Everything grew further and further away. And suddenly she felt cold. Very, very cold. How could this be? I'm sitting next to a roaring fire. Shadows moved and flickered in the flames. Then Alex heard it. A squelching, scraping noise. Something pulling itself against the cold stone floor. Alex froze. She was sitting on top of a mountain, looking over a frozen plain. The sky was black. Magnificent. She swallowed hard and clutched a tablet in front of her. Three moons hung in the sky above. Where in God's name was she? That slithering noise grew louder. Something was dragging a heavy body. Rump. 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 She wanted to cry. To scream, but she couldn't bear to move as something cold, wet, and slimy crawled its way up the back of her shirt. Then... A second one squirmed around her stomach as if tasting her. A tearing sound met her ears, and she was pulled backwards onto the floor. This huge, hulking beast sloshed its lips and ran its undulating tentacles all over her body. Then, Alex let out a terrified scream. <coughs> Michael was in a panic. His friend had vanished in front of his eyes. How? Was he dreaming? Alex! Alex! He called out on the verge of tears. His parents emerged, his mom smiling ear to ear. She wasn't carrying a cake, but a trash bag and a broom. Mom! Alex! She! Relax, Michael. It'll be fine. Trust me. But Mom! She vanished! What am I going to do? What am I going to tell? Wait! Michael! Did you say she? She asked in a stern but nervous tone. Mrs. Thomas hadn't caught that the first time he had said it. Yes, Mom, she's... Michael, damn it! You didn't tell us that your friend was a girl! Why? What does that matter? Mr. Thomas put his hand on his wife's shoulder. Maybe he didn't notice. The room shuddered and shifted. The fireplace dimmed as if going out, and a lone object rolled across the floor. Michael picked it up. It was Alex's met hat. The Thomases looked at each other, and then towards the fireplace in terror. A black viscous crept its way out of the hearth, extinguishing the flames as it grew. Tentacles like feelers, reaching out lined with teeth. They sniffed the air as they pulled forth a great gelatinous mass, its eyes, hundreds, rolling and turning in their sockets until they set themselves on Claire. With a biting tone, His mom turned to him. You've doomed us all, you stupid child! Thank you for listening
1: to Detective Warren Stevens versus the Cult of Ikiatsu. Once again, I ask you to please subscribe so that I continue to terrorize you in the night. Tune in next Tentacle Tuesday to find out what happened to poor little Alex and the Thomas family. As the wrath of Igyatsu comes forth.